We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twitter tells me that I should be saying mashallah. That's what Twitter <laughs> says I should be saying uh, for moments like these. So uh, it is, it's felt like it's been a year since the Warriors have had a uh, a good classic Warriors win. We take it for granted. Remember the when the Warriors were 18 and 2 or whatever it was? We felt like this was every night. Tonight felt like we got back to uh, what we're used to seeing. Sam, defense was good. Effort was good. You know, everything about, was we're clicking. About, we're about to talk for like 30 minutes about Moses Moody. Um, but <laughs> but not amazing. there. Yeah, not there yet. Um, I feel like uh, – so we, we should probably start on the news updates. Draymond yes. Green will be back hopefully on Monday the 14th. James Wiseman cleared for contact – or sorry, cleared for Santa Cruz. He'll probably be back with the big team right after that. I feel is. like light at the end of the tunnel on that front. It is. Uh, it has been a long time coming. Draymond's at two and a half months himself, right? We've talked ad nauseum about what Draymond's going to bring. So I think we understand that as soon as Draymond comes back, this team is back to title contention, you would think. No less, right? I feel like Draymond could have come back a week or two ago. It feels like. Like if they really, really needed him, if it was a game four of a playoff series, he would have been back. So they probably took their time. And it makes sense. What I'm really interested in, Sam, is that Wiseman's coming back. And uh, they announced it. Well, they, they announced he's going to Santa Cruz to play this weekend. So he's going to be back right as Draymond comes back. It makes sense. Of course that they waited for Draymond to come back and, and Stephen Clay to be on the floor uh, to, 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 to put Wiseman, Wiseman on the floor just to make life, I think, as easy as possible, which I think is the right move. I just think I felt like I should have saw that coming. It's, I, I'm really mad at myself for not seeing that coming. Yeah, I mean, you have Steve Kerr a week ago saying he's not really going to play. He needs a camp. He needs all this work, which, considering Wiseman's been practicing with the team for three weeks, is code for he's young. He doesn't look ready, right? Like, that's the way I'm reading it. I'm reading Steve Kerr trying to 
protect James Wiseman from expectations. Yep. Yep. And, you know, if you want to curse me out, me being Steve Kerr, so be it. Like, I'm not going to throw this kid out there to bury the whole season because he's not ready to play at that, at that level. Yep. Yep. I think they're doing him a favor. Um, very smart. And it was felt like probably an abbreviated training camp. Wiseman probably needed it. I mean, not probably needed it. He definitely needed it. If anything, he probably needs more time. Uh, right. But at, at this point, they don't have a choice. It's get out there. Uh, I saw a lot of Hartenstein and uh, Zubac offensive rebounds tonight. We've been seeing that. For By the way, shout uh, out Isaiah Hartenstein, a player the Warriors pursued in the offseason, but he decided to sign the Clippers. Ah, is that true? I did not know that. He would have been a good fit for this team. He would have been objectively. He's a, he's a guy that it's big and he can pass a little bit and, he, and he's a tough guy. He would have been a good fit. I mean, I mean they, um, the story goes they tried to sign him. He preferred the Clippers and they moved on to Bielitsa. Can see, can see why they wanted Hartenstein over Bielitsa. You know, kind of same player, just better. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, Hartenstein seems like more of a banger. Bielitsa yeah. had a good game tonight, by the way. Had a good he game did. tonight. So shout out Bielitsa. A lot, a lot of the Warriors had good games. So. Um, shout out to him, but um, I, I think back to the Wiseman thing. That's really the topic of discussion for this team. I think down the stretch here is that he's going to be back. Uh, they're going to need something for him coming back, um, even though Bielita played tonight. And I'm just saying, I'm excited. Like I want to see what he looks like. They're in a. They're putting him in a really, really good position, almost the optimal position. Um, they're not asking him to do anything crazy, and so I just, I just want to see what he looks like. Yeah, I you got to. You got to figure, at least for the regular season, Draymond's probably only going to play about 30 minutes a game um, because, you know, in the playoffs, it's like he might need to play 40 plus, right? Um, and then Looney's probably going to play 20 minutes a game. And, you know, you figure on top of Looney's 20 minutes, at least 10 of Draymond's minutes come at small ball center. So all, all of a sudden, we're only down to 18 center minutes. Maybe Wiseman only plays like 15 minutes a game yeah. on the home stretch. It's not unrealistic to think he could, you know, at least at least provide a release valve. We can see maybe what could be next season with a full camp and just give them something. Like the biggest thing about this losing streak, they've played some bad basketball, but like how many of those games do you feel they could have won if they had Forget Draymond, just like Isaiah. Yeah, exactly. Hartenstein, like what I would consider as solid NBA rotation bigs. Two to three. I would say they two to three. I would say two to three games. They'd win more. Yeah, they'd probably go 500 through that stretch instead of two and eight, right? Like that's that's the way I look at it. You know, like they'd probably have a couple infuriating losses in there because they were playing bad basketball outside of not having a big, but like. They probably were, you know, we, we'd just be talking about like, man, they need Draymond because they're just playing like mediocre ball. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think all in all, those are good news um, with 14. I think Draymond's going to be back with, what is it? 14 games left yeah. in the season or so. And then, and then some of them being back to back games. So he'll probably play, I think around 10 games, real yeah. games, which I, I bet you that's the number that they said. Draymond has to play 10 games for the and wait for it ramp up before the postseason <laughs> i mean that that's what it is they, they need to play and the thing is like he hasn't played yet with clay how crazy is that we're going to talk about clay later in this episode but he hasn't played with clay yet they, they haven't they still steph clay and drum haven't played together since 2019 
Right. And, and, and that's the thing, like in a perfect world, it'd be more like 20 games, but I think 10 games is a reasonable ramp up all things considered. Um, and, and we'll see where they land there. They're, they're kind of in a dogfight, to be honest, for the two seed. And the yes, more sir. I look at it, the more I really do think they need to get the two seed. I don't love the idea of them getting the three seed and having to go against the Nuggets or the Mavericks. Um, hear me out on this one. It's not that I don't think they can beat them with Draymond. I think those are series that go an extra game. Um, unlike the, you know, if they're if they're the two seed, they're playing Minnesota or the Clippers or someone like that. Those are four or five game series. <laughs> um, and right. I'm just thinking about from a Warriors perspective, you already have a banged up Draymond. You've clay off of all these injuries. Um, you want as many short series as possible. Because the farther you go, the more physical it gets, right? Like, it's I, I'm not worried about Draymond's ability to play. I'm worried about their ability to hold their bodies together for two months. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, I don't believe that, like, playing, like Sam, playing Dallas is not, your, your body's not being thrown around anywhere. Like, Draymond's, like that, that right. But, I think they're a good, I think they're a good team, though. But it's not, I'm banging with Jokic. Like Jokic, I'm with you, right? Jokic is a tough one. You're, you're okay, banging with you're banging with Jokic. But you know, yeah, Finney Smith, he's, he's a little more physical than um uh, Dwight, you know, Dwight, Powell. Dwight Powell. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good player, but like what are we, what are we talking about? A different there, style so. though. Different style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it depends. It, it depends, but by the way, you also, you know, um Utah is only about a game up. Utah could fall to 6. So could be Rudy Gobert, which like, you know, he's not as good as Gobert, but he, I don't want to, I don't want Draymond banging with Gobert for five games in a row. That's another one. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it, that's just a big dude who's going to lay on him. Yeah. If you think about it, it's like bang with Gobert or um, Jokic and then play the Grizzlies where you got to worry about jaw with Steven Adams banging on you. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just a lot of wear and tear. It's a lot of wear and tear on Draymond. All so. that being said, I think that's why that's I think that's why Draymond's been taking it easy. Five five game losing streak. I think they probably could have panicked him and, and put him in quicker, but I mean they didn't want to do it. And I bet you Draymond said, I don't want to do it either. I bet you Draymond said, Hey, I'm not coming back until until I feel like I'm ready to fully come back. And I understand that there's 10 games left and, and I'm ready to ramp up with the team. Like there's no point, right? There this is this is the team that understands what you need to do in the postseason to get there. So um, I think I think they're I think they're playing. I kind of right? I kind of agree with you. I think it's calculated. Like it has to be. It's whether it works, we'll see. But like right. I get I get the calculus. Yep. I get I get yep. the math behind it. Yep. Let's take this back to so we're recording this after the Clippers game. I feel like one of the more interesting stories here is the Jordan Poole Clay Thompson dynamic right now. I thought Jordan Poole was his third or fourth straight big game in a row after having a horrendous spell. Uh, what do you think is what do you think it is? It's clicked for Jordan Poole to get. I I you, I mean we just talked about calculated. Doesn't it feel like Steve Kerr has a calculated way to to coach Jordan Poole? I'm not saying whether it's the right way or not, but he did this last season, right? He was so bad in the start of the season. They they put Nico Mannion and, and Brad Watermaker in front of him. Sent Jordan Poole to the G League. Jordan Poole came back was incredible. Um, and it felt like the last few weeks, the same thing has happened. They basically said, hey, we're just going to bench you. And 
Jordan Poole said, you know what? I'm going to come out and he's going to be incredible again. And I feel like that's, I mean, is that the way to coach Jordan Poole? I don't know. But it seems like it makes sense right now. Do you think you should start over Clay? No. I, I no. Can we talk about Clay real quick then? Right. Yeah, yeah. Did you you want you want to go? I I I knew you were going to ask that. It, it it frustrates me because I, I think Clay has looked bad, but he also was good before he got sick, before the All Star break. Like he That's was fair. he was bad when he came back, right? He was just planking everything, which is you know uh, makes sense. But he was good before the All Star break, and and the previous two games he's been awful because he just went. It felt like he went back to Chucker Clay when he first came back. But this game he shot twenty three times, but I felt like the majority of those were good shots. Um, also, I good luck telling Clay he's sitting on the bench. Who, who's telling him? Yeah, I feel like they're um, so. It's a good problem to have too many good players. Like it's opposite. I guess Clay's of, not good right now though, right? It's so, kind of the opposite right. of last year. And it, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky balance though, because it's, um, okay. Clay got better at towards the end of the Clippers game, but I thought he was pretty bad. The early part of the game, forget not hitting a shot. I thought he, I thought he, he's been doing this thing where you can see he's pressing where he thinks he's going to get it all back yeah. with one yeah. shot. Yeah. And yeah. I understand what the Warriors are doing. They're doing that. Like, like, Steve Kerr is purposely giving him more rope because he understands everything Clay's been through the last two years. Like you can't like, you're not going to get all Bobby Knight on clay over a bad shot, considering like the whole circumstance. Right. Um, But I'm wondering like, you know, where you go from here with him, because it's been a few games of poor play where Jordan Poole has been better than him. It's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, but 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 reacting to that by saying Jordan Poole should be a starter is is like that's not okay. like that's not how any franchise would do it. Let me ask, let me ask you this question. Can you name the five players that closed tonight's game? I can. <laughs> do you know who wasn't closing the game tonight? Um uh, one Draymond Green. Uh, one Draymond, one Draymond. No, Andrew, I know. Andrew, okay, so, the, so the the lineup that closed tonight's game: uh, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, mm. and Jonathan Kuminga. Mm. This is like um, this is like the ultimate hipster lineup. Just mm. small ball to the extreme core. Jordan Poole with the the, the young guys. Just wow! I love it. I love it. I love it. I, look, you got five guys that can make free throws to start. Um, Which has been got, a problem. <laughs> Kaminga's shot looks so nice right now. Um, I, look, Kaminga's not going to close in that lineup when Draymond's back because Kaminga's playing the pseudo the small ball Kuminga five. Kaminga six assists tonight. I know, right? At the end of the game, in that lineup, Steph is doubled, or actually Clay is doubled, and he gets it to Kaminga. Kaminga passes to a cutting Moody. It, Gave me shades of Draymond to Andre Godala is, is what it gave me. So I thought that was fantastic. We know he's a solid passer because he actually looks to pass the ball. He has some type of vision. And I think I'm just saying Andrew Wiggins, who's been objectively atrocious for two straight months, was good tonight. He actually got 11 rebounds. Did you know it was a career high, which is hilarious. Um, he was not playing. Sam, to close the game, he was not playing. And I think it means something. I don't think the clay stuff means anything. I think clay will be good. I will always trust in clay, but the Wiggins stuff 
is Moses Moody's a, a, a shooter. He can, he can, he's made a ton of threes lately. Moses Moody doesn't make miss free throws. Moses Moody drives to the hole and he plays good defense. Kaminga brings, and he drives to the hole. He's, he, you know, rim oh, he pressure. Is, he, dunks, he's, yeah. He, he goes aggressive. Yes. I'm just, I'm just saying, I, you know, I'm just saying those two kids are, they're better right now than Andrew Wiggins. They're better right now. They are. They have been playing better basketball than him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How excited, like the Warriors have been playing awful ball for a couple of weeks, but how excited are you about Moses Moody and Jonathan Kuminga in general? Uh, particularly Moody, like I feel like the last couple of weeks have been kind of Moody's coming out party more than anyone. I keep thinking of prime Danny Green. And then I watch him drive to the hole tonight and he stops on a dime, does like a, a yeah, half I feel like that's underselling him. All right. And then I'm just like, yeah, I don't think Danny Green's ever done that. I might, I might be now. Maybe Moody's not as great as a defender because Danny Green was locked down in his prime. But dude, I don't know what to say about Moody. He's also he he's also a winning player. He's also a type of guy like you know. I love Halliburton. You love Halliburton. Uh, Lamelo has a great feel for the game. You love Lamelo. Um, a lot of these kind of up and coming young guys just understand where the ball is going to be. Understand where they need to be when to cut. I think Kaminga has a lot to learn to get there. Kam- Moody doesn't. He doesn't. He already knows what to do. He already knows where to be. How's that possible? I think that's the thing that excites me most about him. Like, okay, so we know he has a wingspan, and we know he has a jump shot. Like, it's a good-looking jumper. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, but when I watch him play, I'm like, dude, he plays like a 10-year vet. He, he's quicker with decisions than a lot of players the Warriors at the last two years. Like, you were mentioning Wiggins, but, like, let's think about Kelly Oubre last year. Kelly Oubre, all the athleticism and tools in the world, not a fast decision maker. You know what I'm saying? And I'm watching Moses Moody, and I'm like, he plays faster than a guy like Oubre because he thinks faster than him in general. And you're right. The handle's underrated. 
he doesn't have a fast first step. Like that's why people said he has a low upside because he doesn't have the explosive, you know, like he, he's not jaw on the first step. Right. <laughs> but I'm like watching him and I'm just like, if he's this polished at 19, why are we assuming his upside is only Danny green? You know, like yeah. you, I know what you mean. You're like, like Danny green's a compliment, but um, why do we assume his upside is just role player? Uh, he's, yeah. What do yeah, we think? Right. I, I'm thinking, you know, Desmond Bain. Oh, Desmond Bain's gonna be an all-star at some point. Um, Chris Middleton comes to mind. I, oh, I don't that's I the don't, one. That's the yeah, I don't I don't think it's gonna be that, but I'm 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 no, thinking but of, if he gets the dribble game, Sam. I'm, I'm just I'm game. I'm thinking of guys who everyone's always just like, oh, they're gonna be good players, but like you know, the, the upside's limited, and then they just you know, even Draymond, right? I was like, gonna say Draymond is the one, like are you told <laughs> like that's the guy. That's the guy. Where you're coming in. I, I mean, we you and I probably thought the same thing. I don't I don't think we had a podcast back then, but that's the guy where you're like. Okay. You knew he could play, but you're like, all right, what's the upside? Yeah, come really. on, come on. There's no way he's going to be the greatest defensive player in the last 15 years. And all of a sudden, and he's an elite passer, and he knows where to be, right? And he's always seems to get the big rebound. Doesn't it feel like Moses Moody's going to get a huge rebound playoff yeah, he, game, he in keeps, a playoff game this he season? Keeps, he, he has a nose for the ball. Just, nose for the ball is a, like, it's like coach speak for yeah, it just is. reads the game faster than other players. It's really what it comes down to. It's it's not complicated. It's like he's a better player than you. The ball is going up, and he knows where it's going. While you're like in your head, like, oh, yeah, where's it going? Right? You know, <laughs> yeah, like Andrew Wiggins. You know, yeah, exactly. And I don't even mean it as an insult. It's like it's a compliment to Moody. Like he he reads the game like a veteran. Why will he not get better? I there is no no reason not to believe that. Um, and I think and. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the Warriors just continually need to draft, like, slow-footed, long wingspan clutch clients. That's the rule. <laughs> hey, look, man, they could they could have traded for, oh, well, Ben Simmons is not slow-footed. No. Um, okay, you know, AD might be on the market. Um, not Also not slow-footed. <laughs> <laughs> but he's big, you know, slow-er-footed. Uh, just, he's just incredible. I just... The shot, I think, was the one in the beginning of the season where you said, hey, he's just he's just not used to NBA speed. Everything looked too quick. He was bricking left and right, and you're just like, you're going to have to wait a little bit, right? Clay was bricking shots his, his first few NBA games. So um, I, I think I think Moody's up to 36%. I think in his career, he's probably going to be a 38% three-point shooter. Like, he he's, he's going to be a 38% three-point shooter, and I think, Dude, he's just gonna. He can. He's a better basketball player right now, more impactful to winning than Kaminga, and that's saying a lot because Kaminga's a darn good 19, 20 year old basketball player. And let's talk about Kaminga because I agree with you there. Like I, Moody's got more of the like the finer details in the margins, but Kuminga, for as raw as he was coming out, I watch him and sometimes I'm like, I don't think he even knows how to play. I don't know. I don't think he knows what he's doing. And he still has 20 and five, you know, like that sort of stuff, right? Like the, the ceiling is so high with him T- against the Clippers tonight. He had 26 and six, six assists is a career wow. high for him. Wow. Um, my thing with Kuminga is, do you remember what that three point shot looked like in training camp? Oh my God. And where it is now. Like we knew he had hops, like we knew he had the athleticism, but like, dude, going from, being a guy who 
had kind of that sidewinder shot to like, it's already smooth. It's already a good looking jumper, like at least something you can consider reliable. If he can do that in one year with all the tools he has, like sky's the limit. Right, 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 right. You, you're not just do you're you don't often see someone improve that amount and now some of it's you know we talked about the coaching staff they've brought in a great set of coaches that's helped him do that but a lot of it's that's him that's him remember the comp remember the the criticism coming in for Kaminga not a hard worker kind of yeah. lazy I mean you don't become this type of shooter uh this free throws tonight were automatic you don't do that by being a lazy guy Right now, his issue might be he might have a Jordan Poole issue. I think him and Jordan Poole are similar. He probably doesn't listen. He probably just says, hey, man, I, I'm talented. I'm good enough. I know I'm going to be great. So stop telling me what to do. And, you know, that's it's not going to fly. when You've got coaches like Steve Kerr, who's, you know, won, won 15 championships in his career and, and, and Steph and Draymond and those guys. But you not often you get. I mean, we just talked about Poole, but I think Kaminga's in that range, man. They've got the confidence to where I bet you Jordan Poole and Kaminga believe that they're going to be the best players on this team in two seasons, and they're going to win a championship with those. Like, they believe that. <sighs> you, don't, you don't get that so often with young kids. Yeah, I agree. Uh, by the way, Steve Kerr, friend of the show, puts Uh-oh. out that I do like the Jordan-Steph-Clay combination. Uh-oh. There's a lot of proof that those three guys play well together. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, man. I Jordan, Steph, Clay, Draymond's gonna close. Who's your fifth guy? Who's your fifth guy? Andre Dollars coming I, back. I feel like that's the Warriors Achilles heel. And I don't mean that in a dire way, but it's like I, I okay. So obviously you have Steph and Clay. I think they have actually more than a few options at the small forward spot. They could go with the Jordan pool, go with like the small lineup. They could put Andrew Wiggins in there and go more traditional, have him play a three and D role. They could get like spicy and throw Moses Moody out there, you know? Um, But the question is who is the other front court guy who plays with Draymond? And that's, what's tricky because this spell has showed us that's not Wiggins. Wiggins is not a small ball four. do you agree with me there? Yep. Yep. He doesn't rebound it well enough. He's just not physical enough. He he's a two, three, he's not a three, four. So then it's like, do you throw Looney out there? Okay, you know with no, Looney, stop. no. You, but you know with Looney, you're going to get right. defense and rebounding, but you also know it's going to kind of tank your offense. Um, do you throw Kuminga? He's so young. Kuminga is the type of player you throw out there, but like, is he ready for those moments? Seems a little aggressive, you know. And, and so, so for me, it's like it's probably Otto Porter, but Otto is, you know, who it's going to be. It's a little slow. You, you know think it's you know you think it's gonna be Iguodala? I think Iggy is also a little small. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I I want to say Moody, but you know, you, you need a rebounder. I mean, Clay's Clay's never been that guy. Is Iguodala a rebounder? I, no, but I think he's at least veteran enough to realize that he's going to need to be. And I think maybe he can find some of that. Look, I mean, they're Otto, not in. A, Otto rebounds the ball pretty well. He might be your best guy. I mean, we've seen that big game against the Suns that he was one of their best players, right? That one, then he can shoot. He's struggled, but you know, maybe he's in hibernation he, he, right now. He, he might won't... struggle less next to Draymond. You know, yeah. Like, I just, I just think though, and and I and I think uh, this this issue today, I think was was okay. But they played those three guys and Andrew Wiggins to close the first half, and those guys did an ISO. Those guys kicked, they drove, they passed. 
And we didn't see that against the Lakers. It was ISO, ISO, ISO every possession. They had no idea what they were doing. The issue with that is Draymond's not out there, right? If Draymond's not out there, you don't got anybody that can pass the ball or anybody that wants to pass the ball. And so is that going to be enough if it's just Draymond? Maybe, probably, right? But to me, it's like you also want another guy to move the ball like Andre Godala, who's smart. But look, you know me. I'm going with Andre because I've seen it. I know what he can do. I'm comfortable with what he's what he's not going to be good at, and also you know forever forever warrior. I'm a I'm a forever warriors type of guy. Give me <laughs> Andre. Wish, this is where I really wish they made a move, not to get a center, but just to get another athletic front court player. Yeah, um, but that that's a preseason move, not a trade deadline move. Because you're moving you're moving Wiggins at the trade deadline, and you know you know they were never going to do that. Well, they were never going to get anything worthwhile, but I'm, I'm just looking at like a PJ Washington and how he would have been perfect because he's, he can do a lot of the things you're talking about. But he's not closing. I think he can close the PJ. Washington. No, it doesn't you're not, matter. You're not closing with him over on. I'm not even closing with him over. Porter. Andre hasn't played basketball since <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I guess it, the true. difference, I'm not confident Andre can stay healthy for the entire playoffs, but it, it's Look, any way you slice it, it's going to probably be by committee. You know, like, you you know they're going to close with the core three, and then it's going to be about who else they feel like going with there. I and I also think that Jordan Poole is not not necessarily mandatory in that five either. I think Steve's saying it now, but I I think I I would bet you, gentlemen's bet you, that Jordan Poole is not closing majority of games in the playoffs. Like, it's just not going to happen. Because he's not going to because for, for Jordan to close, you need a more reliable defensive front court option. Um, and the only guy they have is Looney. And if you throw Looney out there, it's kind of an offensive issue. So it's yeah. like you're trading one issue for the other. Yeah. Their their issue is not that they don't have enough good players. They have plenty of good players when they're healthy. It's their issue is they don't it, it's duplicative skills, kind of. Yeah. They need yeah, yeah. They need one guy that's better, objectively better. Like Andrew Wiggins has to be objectively better than Moses Moody. That's not true right now, right? Jordan Poole has to be impact-wise better than Andrew Wiggins, right? And we don't know if that's true. Uh, that's the, you know, issue with this team. And that's what makes Steve Kerr's job hard because just, you're going to get second-guessed every time. I just think they need another... I don't want to say big, but they need like a, a... They need... I mean, this sucks. They need what I think Kuminga will be in two years. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like a big yeah, wing, yeah. a big wing who can play in a small ball lineup with Draymond. Uh, the way Harrison Barnes did, the way Kevin Durant did, like those type of things. And like Kuminga looks like he's going to be that type of guy, but that's a lot on a 19-year-old rookie. And then if you take him out of it, it's like, who has who has more legs, you know, Iguodala or Otto Porter, right? Like, it's like, who's who's going to feel better that night? Because they're both kind of like oldish in terms of the way they yeah. play, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it would have been nice, but also the deadline, everything's passed on that front. I, you know, I, I think a lot of teams have this issue too. I mean, coming down the stretch, right? I don't, I don't think teams necessarily have like a hard, you know, these are the five guys that we're closing with. Uh, I think the Nets have this issue. I think uh, a lot of teams. Let's, have, let's talk about Memphis. Okay. So so we yeah. know Memphis is going to close with Ja, Desmond okay. Bain, yeah. Jaron Jackson. Um, And then after that, it's like, you know, it might be a Jaylen, Steven Adams game. It yeah. might not. 
You know, Dylan Brooks, slow mo. Dylan Brooks is injured, but yes, I mean, he's he's injured a lot. Yeah, I know, but you know, he'll come back and do his like (laughs) 5,000 two minutes type of thing, you know, shoot 20 shots. And then who's who's their fifth guy? Well, you said Jaron. Yeah, is it it, it Jaron? Yeah, yeah, is it Steven Adams? Do they go small? Do they go with Kyle Anderson at the four? You know, like they can go different ways, but I, I guess you're right. They're not, um, they're not locked into a closing five. They they got like a closing three and a half. <laughs> but like, you know, that they have good players. I think the Suns have their five, right? They know who they're going to close with. I mean, that's that's a team that's, you know, the favorite to win the title right now. But um, end of day, I think we got to go back to this point. You would love to see Moes Moody and Kaminga get better. You would love to see uh, Jordan Poole be aggressive and do what he's doing. But he's also shooting really well from three. Andrew Wiggins has just got to be. That's Andrew Wiggins has got to be better. He has but, got but, to be. But is he going to fill that small ball four role? I, I, maybe he's a three, and you play Otto at the four, right? Maybe yeah, that's the that's, five. Yeah. But Andrew Wiggins, ha- like the fact that we're not mentioning him as much as we should in the closing lineup, the fact that he's not a staple in that lineup is a problem, man. Like he needs to be. Hey, you can't take him off the floor. He's getting rebounds. He's shooting. He's making threes. He's getting to the right. Tonight, he just went straight to the hole a few times. It was great. 11 boards, career high. It was great. But when was the last time we saw that? I think that's the problem is how do they I, – I, I made a joke, man. I think the only reason he did it tonight is he saw Draymond on the sidelines. He knows Draymond's close. One week away. One week away. Wiggins, time to get back in shape, brother. You know, I, just you can't be that bad. You just can't. Yeah. He's like right. JTA level bad. You know what I mean? Like he's getting benched. Ah, <laughs> relax. <laughs> yeah. all, right, all right. Let's keep it moving. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So, Steph was on Andre Iguodala on the Point Forward podcast with Iguodala and Evan Turner. And they were discussing the multiple timelines. Like, my thing is, they really do be thinking it's them and not us. That's Joe and them, too. Like, I tell Joe, like, yo, Joe, you do be walking around, fam. Like, this is what I did this. And, like, they got this narrative now. You know, we got a championship squad. And then they're going to do easy, another one at the same easy, time yeah, that's coming right after us. I'm like, man, y'all know how hard it is, man. And do y'all, like, we know, I've been we talking about that all, all day today. Yeah, like, we, people that are here, like, how hard it is to win in this league. It's so hard. We made it look so easy that they think it's like, oh, we about to do it again. I'm like, all right. 
We, we kind of wait for six years to come. Be like, I told you. <laughs> that's what you got to wait on. It's yeah. like, it's going to happen or it's not. Right, right, yeah, right, right, yeah, right, right. That's the game right, that you're right, playing. Right. And, and we're actually building, we're putting sweat equity into that team by what no, we're breathing. We believe it. But what we're breathing into Wise and what I'm breathing into Kaminga and what you're breathing into Moses, like we're breathing into them like, yo, y'all can be great too. Like dudes don't be doing that. You have bad vets. For sure. So that, that part is so damn true because like, not saying that if we're all going, they're all going to win a championship. And if they don't, then we're a failure as their vets and all that. Right. But like for them to just be true professionals, like that's not a guarantee either. Like right. in terms of the young dudes that are coming in the league and what it takes to establish yourself on this level and all the nuances you need to, you need to get game taught to you. Mm-hmm. Like if you have vets like us that are willing to and willing to do that, go out of your way to do that. And even though it's not a part of the nature of the game, like we got to worry about ourselves and our own performance and all that. But that doesn't mean necessarily we win a championship, but it's our job to help them become true professionals. What they do with that? Right. Right. Time will tell. <laughs> but time will tell. You want know, to paraphrase? Just... <laughs> I think um, so. I, you know, it's funny because Steph is usually pretty boring in, in podcasts. I think in this situation, he saw his best buddy, Andre. And so he was uh, laughing it up as Andre was basically saying, hey, um, they're trying to go both ways. And I think a lot of the times they, the upfront office, right, feel like they can simply put together young guys and say, Hey, we're going to win a championship with these guys. And it's simply not that easy. It's not. And I feel like a lot of the onus is is spent on the veterans to figure out how to make them better. And I think Andre typical Andre fashion is sneakily saying like, one, you're not going to fucking win without us. And two, you're going to need us to, to make these young players good. I think that's a, I think that's a very true for someone like Kaminga. You could put Kaminga in the wrong situation. You know, he'll, he'll be good, but he's not he's not going to be, you know, coached the right way or, or, or developed the right way. And I think that that's the point that Andre, at, at least for me. Right. And you give me your perspective. But I think that's the perspective that they're trying to say is that you guys think you're going to be able to duplicate what we had. That's not happening. And two, you're still going to need us. We're still going to get a fair amount of credit when those young players become very good basketball players, which which we think they will be. I think they were also referencing the fact that the two timeline approach is a bit of a gamble. Like there was a lot of like, Oh, you think you can win and develop. It's hard enough to win in this league. You're trying to like it, it, like it's hard enough to win in this league without having like a secondary agenda about playing for the future. I thought that was interesting because that always been the perception I got from the players where it's like, bro, why don't we just go for it right now? We don't need to like do this, you know, like five, like multivariable calculus thing, or we're trying to like do 10 different things at once. Um, and you know, the, the nuanced perspective on it is like, just because the players would prefer that doesn't mean they're not going to do their job. Right. Like you don't get everything you want in life. Right. right? Um, but I thought it was interesting for them to just like call it out a little bit and be like, you know, we, we, we could put pressure on you to trade the young players and, and do the, you know, LeBron thing and like go all in and like do that. But like, we're not going to do that, but like, it's a little crazy to think you can do both things at once. Very. I think they understand the egotist, the, the lake up ego. That's, that's basically what's happening with this organization right now. And we we're going to see if it's going to work or not. But I always say if the, if the Warriors win another championship, it's because of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. (laughs) It is not this front office putting together this X, Y, and Z. It's you get those three guys on the floor together. They're a championship contender. 
that's what it is. And I think Andre is making that point that that's the end all be all because when Steph sits and retires and Clay sits and retires and Draymond sits and retires, Poole and Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman could be really cool basketball players. They would not sniff a championship, not even close. James Harden is probably going to be better than all four of those players will ever be. James Harden doesn't sniff titles, not even come close. <laughs> right. And, and I think that's that. I don't know if Lacob understands how difficult that is. Yeah. You could, I mean, they could be phenomenal. Kuminga could be Paul George. Paul George is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a 10 time All Star. There's still like a tear between him and, yep. you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I'm getting at. And like, that's a fucking phenomenal player, you know? So, it's one of those things where sometimes it's easy to underappreciate what you have yep. because you're always looking to the future, thinking about the next thing, thinking about the next thing. And it's like, bro, I say this as someone who's been around. The 49ers had Joe Montana, and then they had Steve Young. And then after Steve Young, they had Jeff Garcia. And Jeff Garcia was a pro bowler. They, wanted, they got rid of Jeff Garcia because he wasn't Steve Young and Joe Montana. And they haven't really had a quarterback since then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, right, like you can't right. just like really assume and like maybe Trey Lance is it, you know, maybe, maybe Trey Lance is the guy who turns into like the, you know, the franchise guy and like the new Mahomes and all that sort of stuff. But it's like, it, it's easy to think the next prospect is just going to be the generational guy. And like you, you lose perspective that like the reason he's a generational guy is because it's not just development. Like they have something special in their just everything about them. They, they, they're, they're generational because it happens once in a generation. Like that's it. Yeah. That's it. LeBron. I, I say the top three guys of the past decade, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph. Yeah. You are not getting it. The next generation is Luka Doncic, Giannis, Jokic. and Jokic. Sure. And those three Embiid, guys, are, maybe, Embiid. Yeah. Yeah, but your point stands. Yeah. It's like it's one of them. One of them is going to be LeBron, KD, and Steph, right? And those are four phenomenal MVP candidates, right? And Giannis is probably going to be that guy, right? Yeah. Most people think it's going to be Luka or, or Jokic, but Fine. Jokic's not winning a title this season. Jokic's not winning a title. Luka's not winning a title. And we don't know if they'll ever win a title. No. And, and I, I think that's their point. And it's just I, – I, you're right. I think the key word here is underappreciated. And I think that I think that uh, Lakeup underappreciates just how great Steph Draymond and Clay are, and just how unique what they have is. Like you can a, a smart team will put a playoff team on the floor every year. Yeah, yeah. But finding that guy, it's it's not just about organization. Like you just have to find the right guy. It's just that simple. It's not that easy. It's not. Daryl Morey has sicked his career on James Harden. And I, you know, Daryl Morey might never win a championship. It's just he found the best guy he could find. James Harden is phenomenal. But he's not Steph. And that's that's just as simple as that sometimes. Speaking of stars who are frauds. (laughs) Like that transition? Like that? (laughs) I want to close on Russell Westbrook. All right. All right. All right. A uh, friend of the show, Russell Westbrook, had some thoughts 
about fans chanting Westbrook. Mm. I kept my thoughts off social. I don't know about you. Mm. <laughs> I just want I want you to open this one. What right. do you think of this thing? So, uh, first of all, I really dislike the way that the quote was framed. Um, I think a lot of media framed the two two minute clip by saying that implying that Russ's family was getting death threats. In no no part of Russ's quote did Russ say that his family's getting death threats. If you actually listen, unless I missed it. If you listen to the clip, he talks about how fans are booing him, fans are saying bad things to him, and that he doesn't feel comfortable having his wife and his kids around that environment where, where the fans are booing him and, 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 and you know, tell, calling him Westbrook. I kind of feel like you're playing the sympathy card. Unless you're telling me that people are calling you racist names or they're yelling at your wife or they're yelling at your kid. That's bullshit. Right. We understand that everybody knows that if that happens, we under, like that's that's complete BS. We nip that in the bud real quick. But I didn't I Russ didn't say that, though. It felt like Russ is saying fans are mad at me. Fans are yelling at me. I don't want my kids to be there. Look, man, even terrible this year. I don't know how you want people to fans are fans. Right. Fans are it feels like he's begging for sympathy because of how bad he's playing. So. That's where I want to start. That yeah, me. yeah. No, it's it's soft. It, my my whole thing is this dude created an image around being the toughest guy in basketball. He made a commercial mocking Steph Curry for being choir boy. He has basically tried to bully everyone his entire career, including fans and media members. Now that things aren't going his way. He's trying to play this, you know, woe is me sympathy card. And come on, man. Like, you're playing awful. Fan, I've yet to see a Laker fan cross the line with him. They're just booing him because he's playing terrible. I'll put it this way. I've watched the Warriors go into some really hostile crowds and get the shit booed out of them. I've watched... People question how tough they are on media platforms for a decade. I've watched coffin cookies be made, you know, stuff like that. And I've yet to hear any of them play the like, it's just, what are we doing here, dude? No, you know, it's, it's, this is the side of the NBA that I think is so lame. And I don't know why anyone, um, ingratiates themselves and just like kind of like I think it's one of those things where people either roll their eyes at it or they just turn it off yeah I mean Red Sox players have said that fans call them racist names all right that happens everybody's vehemently against it nowhere did Russ say that right not even close they're not they're not yelling at his wife I mean I'm sure people don't even know if Russ's wife is I don't Right. How do you know even know who Russ's kids are? That was my first question. Then I listened to the quote. I'm like, okay, they're not even talking to him. Russ, uh, Steph, KD, and LeBron, I I mentioned that as the three best players the last decade. Those guys have been treated way worse. Way worse. The stuff you hear about what Cleveland fans were saying to Warriors fans, I mean, that never came out, you know, for reasons I don't know, but. That stuff you heard was insane. LeBron, you remember him when, when he went to Miami? The stuff people were saying about LeBron was crazy, 
right? It was just just outwardly just bullshit. KD, like you were just saying, when he went back to OKC, that that just felt uncomfortable, right? Russ, do you want an MVP out of spite when KD left? Like, as far as I'm concerned and you're concerned, the OKC media, uh, PR team is a joke. They've pretty much coddled him his entire career. And now he comes to LA and he's, you know, people are angry at him. He can't handle it. You know what? It's soft. It's soft. It's very soft. We're going to end it there. Soft. (laughs) I appreciate you guys. Subscribe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.